If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Now, you might be thinking, Brandon, didn't Pastor Todd just say we started a new series? We are. We are. I'm not confused. I'm not. Um, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5 and also Matthew chapter 20. If you can multitask and if you have your paper Bible or, you know, phone or iPad, uh, you want to mark your spot there, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Again, we just finished up our Galatians series last week, but I, I want to read this verse to segue into the new series. As we were in Galatians chapter 5, and we were reading through Galatians and studying that, I came across this scripture, and as me and Pastor Todd were talking, I thought this would be a good way to segue into this new um, this new series this morning. Galatians 5.13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Pastor Todd talked about freedom one week, and, and, and of course, we're free, but our freedom doesn't give us the right to just sin. Paul makes it clear that that's not why. He said, this is what you need to use your freedom for. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. So today we're starting a brand new series called Serve with Purpose. Serve with purpose. And, and, and really, as Pastor Todd said, it's really we're calling July Serve Month. The whole month of July um, is going to be dedicated to serving corporately. Now, we're going to talk about that later this, this month. Pastor Todd will be preaching the next two weeks, and then I'm going to close out the, uh, the series on school supply giveaway weekend, the last weekend of this month. You know, it really, personally, we should serve each and every day. But again, this month we're focusing corporately. Um, as you just heard, uh, we're, we're going to be doing school supply giveaway and, 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 uh, serve day, uh, as well as, um, my wife and I and, and a group of both teenagers, college students and adults are leaving a week from today, which by the way, let me pause and say that we're leaving a week from the day to go down to Cuba to go serve the people of Cuba. I think it's fitting in July to do that. So matter of fact, I'm going to take this time to ask for your prayers. We covered your prayers as we travel down to Cuba. And just we believe in it's going to be a great and, and fruitful time. As well as the Thursday before serve day, uh, the staff and some other serve team members are actually going. And we're going to cook and serve a steak, a lunch to the first responders and uh, the the um, uh, city council and the employees of Scott City Hall. We see Off Officer Orlando, he's here every Sunday. Why don't we give him a round of applause for their service? Thank you, Officer Orlando. Appreciate it, man. So we want to serve them. We want to honor them. So, so all month long, we're going to be uh, focusing on serving. So turn with me, if you're not there already, Matthew 20, 24. And I'm going to set up this scripture for you. James and John's mom had came to Jesus, and her two sons were asking Jesus to put her sons in a, in a position of honor in the kingdom of God. He, she, they were saying, hey, whenever you enter your kingdom, when you get to heaven, hey, can my son sit on your right and to your left? Of course, the other disciples heard this and they weren't too happy about it, right? Like these guys are, are, are vying for position here. And so we'll pick up the scripture there. Matthew 20, verse 24 through 28 says this. The other 10 disciples were listening to all of this and a jealous anger arose amongst them, uh, among them against the two brothers. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, Kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will be the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, 
but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. Let's pray over our time in the word. Father, we do thank you for this time together. We thank you for the great time of worship that we had this morning. And Lord, as we come together now and as we open up your word, Lord, we know your word is active and living and true, powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, we just ask that you would speak to all of us today. Stir up our hearts, Lord, uh, as we get into your word. Help me to clearly uh, unfold the word of God this morning, Lord. I need your anointing. I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I know we all need your help. So give us the grace uh, to not only hear it and receive it, but especially to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you ask different people, what does it take to be great? How can you be a great person? What is greatness? If you would poll people, say, the size of this room, you would probably get multiple different answers. People would say, by what you do, by how you live, by your education, by how much money you have, by maybe how many countries you've traveled to or, or whatnot. Well, how, how do you become great? You know, I was thinking uh, uh, about the late uh, professional boxer Muhammad Ali. You remember what he used to say? I'm the greatest of all times. If some of y'all, that are, if, if you, you know, a little bit more seasoned in age, you might have grew up watching him. My dad, you know, I'm going to be delicate how I say that. He used to say, I'm the greatest of all times. And he would say that because of his athletic ability. We see even current athletes saying that, man, I'm the greatest. And you, you hear entertainers or you hear, uh, you hear, you know, music artists, a lot of hip hop artists. Some of them say, I'm the greatest of all times. Jesus said, the greatest people on the earth is the ones that serve. Isn't that right? Is that what you just read too? The greatest part, if you want to know how to be great, be the servant of all. So this morning, I want to tell you that the serving is the key to greatness. Serving is the key to greatness. So as we begin this series and focus on serving this month, I want to start out by giving you a few truths about serving. Number one, we are called to serve others. We are called to serve others. This is a calling. This is, this is not something that just we should do or be a good idea to do. I love, this is one of the newer translations of the Bible that just came out. I love the way it says it. Let's read verses 25 and 26 of Matthew 20 again. It says, Jesus knowing their thoughts. I always love that too whenever it says that. Jesus knowing their thoughts. You know, how much different would we act if we got around people that knew every one of our thoughts, right? So when Jesus was sitting there talking to people, he knew what they were thinking, right? Which, by the way, he still knows what you're thinking. We're just not face-to-face with him. That's a side note right there. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will be the one who is called to serve others. Now, it can't get more clear than that, right? Jesus made it crystal clear what was and what is not our calling. He makes it clear that if we are sons and daughters of God, born-again believers, that we are all, every single one of us that are in this place, are called to serve. Do y'all see that? Jesus not only told us this in verse 28, but he came, he told us that not only are we called to serve, but that he came to serve, and he also showed us an example in John chapter 13 when he washed the disciples' feet. So, see, this is one of the reasons why we call our volunteers our serve teams. 
If you notice that, that part of the reason we do that is because we understand that this is everybody's calling. You know, over the last few years, I've, my mind has shifted to, to not just asking people to volunteer to help us put on an event, but we understand that, you know what, this is part of your calling is to serve. And so if we can help you figure out what your calling is and get you connected to a serve team, we're helping you fulfill your calling. Y'all tracking with me? So that's why we call our team serve team. See, our vision for you is to know God, live free, find your purpose, and to make a difference. Not only is that our vision for you, but it's God's vision. You've heard us talk about it. If you've been through Next Steps, it's all through the Bible. Ephesians chapter 1 lays it out. These four things is, is our vision to help you move along the journey of your spiritual life. So we want to help you to find your purpose by helping you discover how God designed you so you can see what he's called you to do. Now, this is awesome. The Lord calls us, as we just saw, and he empowers us with spiritual gifts. Why does he empower us with spiritual gifts? So we can be more spiritual? No, look what 1 Peter 4.10 says. I mean, that's part of it, of course. We'll get closer to him. But this is the point. Look at this. God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You see that? The reason we have spiritual gifts It's not to have a platform. It's to serve one another. So whatever the spiritual gift is, I'm speaking for myself as a, as a pastor. This is, this is only a small part. You hear Pastor Todd say it all the time. This is only a small part of what my calling is. Our calling is, is to speak from a platform. Ultimately, a a, a pastor is, is a servant, is a shepherd, right? So whether you have one of the, what we would call maybe a more spiritual gift, like, like prophecy or the gift of healing or even, you know, a musician that is called to, to sing and to play. Ultimately, Peter tells us that the reason we have spiritual gifts in the first place is to serve one another. Amen. So if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, we want to help you discover it in Next Steps. So we want to encourage you, jump in today. As you heard, you can jump in right after this service. We have Next Steps in the Next Steps room across from the children's facility on your way out. We'll have some coffee for you, some refreshments. And you know what? We'll begin the journey. It's a four-week consecutive class to help you to find out what your spiritual gift is. Because once you know how you're designed, you'll understand what your purpose is, and you'll be able to serve more effectively. Amen? And then we'll help you and connect you to a serve team so that you can begin to make a difference. Amen? You know, you can tell that the president of Chick-fil-A understands this principle of serving. Because every time you walk up to the counter and every time you go through the drive-thru, what is the first thing they ask you? How may I serve you? How may I serve you? Now, you, you, as I, as I begin to think about that, I said, well, that might just be a good, you know, like a, and I actually, I started, I researched it a little bit. So that might just be a good marketing tool. And I saw one article that said, man, they're very strategic and using help instead of serve because help indicates that, uh, you know, there's a problem. So how can I help you fix the problem? Serving means I want to serve you. And that might be part of it. But as I did some more research and as I've heard the current president and his dad, the founder speak, I understood that it's more of that, more than just that. They truly understand that serving is a calling. Not only is this something that they say, how may I serve you? It's something the employees tell the paying customers, but it's an attitude that the company has towards the employees themselves. Their website says this, our focus is on the people we employ and serve, but we're most known for making a mean chicken sandwich. 
But you see, that's their heart. Their heart is that we're not just employing these people, we're serving them. And this didn't start with their current president and COO, Dan Cathy. It started with his dad, Truett Cathy, who founded the restaurant, who most of y'all probably know, both Dan and Truett are both Christians. They're both men of God. Truett understood, Truett Cathy, the founder, understood that serving was a calling. And I want to read you just a piece of an article I read. It says this. It said, it was a calling not simply to serve food, but to serve people. Not just to fill a stomach, but to try to help people feel important and valued by making and serving food in a way that communicates that they are important. Lots of opportunities had come, had to have come with success to sell out by cutting corners to maximize profit or to just allow another larger company to buy him out. To do either of those would have undercut the sense of calling he had to serve people and to do it with excellence. He did not allow his sense of calling to be compromised. Isn't that powerful? That's one of the reasons you understand why every time you go to Chick-fil-A at lunchtime or dinner, it's packed, right? There's, there's something about, obviously, they're men of God. They honor God with their finances, the way they run their businesses and whatnot. But you see that at the core of even this business, that which, by the way, is one of the most and the fastest growing successful uh, fast food chain in America, but it's not, that, that model's not just about business. He said he, he felt a sense of calling to serve food to people in a sense that would make them feel important. Isn't that amazing? That's why you hear, how may I serve you? And then when you say thank you, what do they say? It's my pleasure, right? Isn't that right? So, you know, I think that's powerful to see that, that no matter what you do, you know, what you're gifting, what you're calling as a businessman, I think the truths are a great model. You can have a multi-million dollar business. I don't know what it's worth. It might, I don't know what, what the number is now. This all started, a successful business was started with the calling in the sense to serve others. Amen? We should do the same thing. So understand we are called to serve others. This is a calling that we all have on our lives. Number two, you must understand that everyone can serve. Everyone can serve. Let me give you the context of the next scripture I'm going to read. King David and his army commanders were appointing ministers and musicians to serve in the house of the Lord. So this is what was going on here. So in 1 Chronicles 25, 6, all these men, says this, all these men were under the direction of their fathers as they made music at the house of the Lord. Their responsibilities included the playing of cymbals, harps, and lyres at the house of God. Verse 8 says this, The musicians were appointed to their term of service by means of sacred lots without regard to whether they were young or old, teacher or student. You see that? Their terms of service. They were all appointed to their terms of service. Where would they serve at in the house of God they had different places they would serve, but it didn't matter. They all had a place to serve. It says whether they were young or old, a teacher or a student. Are y'all tracking with me? You see that? That tells me that whether you are young or old, specially trained or not, you can serve in some capacity. You can serve. God wouldn't call you to do something and limit you in the area that you can do it. <clears throat> now, listen, not everybody, uh, trust me. You don't want me jumping on that microphone and piano when I'm done here and closing out the service, right? I am limited in the areas that I can serve, but I know the areas that I can serve in, right? I know the areas that are that God's called me, how I'm desired, designed, my personality, my giftings, and, and, and I know that. And so I serve in that capacity. So you might think, well, man, I'm too young to serve. 
You know, or, or, you know, I would love my kids to serve, but when they get older, I'm encourage them to do it. No, listen, as we honor the, the, all the kids camp, uh, serve team last week and, and camp was amazing two weeks ago. They had, of course, high school students that were serving, but they also had middle school students that were serving. And matter of fact, you know what? They had a 10-year-old boy that was up here as part of the skit serving. He was the same age to be in the camp, but he was serving in the skit as part of the camp. Isn't that awesome? Anybody can serve. Kids can serve. For serve day, you know, a couple of years ago, we wasn't sure how we were going to get my girls involved. This blessed me, and I, I wasn't even planning on sharing this, but we were doing a block party in Eldercon, and, and Maria was playing music, Maria and Hannah was singing, and I was going to be bringing the word, and, you know, there wasn't as many people as we thought, and we were trying to find a way, and my girls took it upon themselves. This was two years ago, so they were... Uh, eight and seven at the time, and they took it upon themselves when the people would come up to get drinks, and it was hot that day, of course, in July, they began to pick up drinks and started just giving it to them. You know, at seven and eight years old, they found a way to serve, and they were, give, and they were doing it with a great attitude. No, I didn't have to tell them to do it. Hey, listen, everybody can serve. If you're old enough to walk and talk and have hands, and even little kids can, can serve. You might be thinking of other reasons of why you can't serve. Maybe it's not age. Maybe, again, you're a little more seasoned than eight, nine-year-olds. And you say, man, there's a lot of other, I have limitations. I have, I have some physical problems that, that prevent me from serving. And, and listen, if you have any physical ailments, I'm not downplaying that. Of course, we pray, Pastor Todd, last week, praying for healing. But I can't help to think about a precious sister that's going to be with the Lord. And, and, and some of you know her. Some of you have heard me talk about her. I've honored her before. And even though she's gone, her, her, her legacy really does live on. So some of you have maybe have not. Maybe it's your first time here. You just started coming. But there was a precious sister in our church named Karen Prejean. And she had ALS. And the, her ALS got so bad to where she could not move anything on her body except for her eyes. She can blink her eyes and she can move her mouth like she can smile and, and move her mouth, but she couldn't talk. So obviously she was in a wheelchair without the ability to move. And if you ever saw this, um, what they do with people with ALS, also Lou Gehrig's disease is known as, they have a screen that follows your eyes and you can actually type with her eyes. She was able to look and type and she would speak that way through the machine. She could... She had a social media account. She can email. And this lady, every week, some of y'all this, still do this. Every week there's a prayer request box on the back wall in the lobby where you can drop in your prayer request. Now we have it online. You can, you can go online or Facebook and email us your prayer request or you know, let us know what your prayer requests are. And every week, Karen Prejean would pray over all of our prayer needs. Every week. She couldn't move. She couldn't walk. She couldn't talk. And when I say she would do it as a heart to serve, when at the time my mom was the receptionist, I remember she told me uh, whenever my mom either maybe didn't get to it or we didn't have anything or something, maybe just slipped through the cracks, and Michelle would tell me the same thing. And Karen would not get that email with all the prayer requests. She would email us and say, hey, where are the prayer requests at? I didn't get any this week. Listen, this lady had ALS and couldn't move, and she was still serving the body of Christ. So you know what that tells me, church? That every single one of us in this room have no excuse not to serve, right? Everyone can serve, no matter what the age may be, or no matter, you know, uh, um, again, even physical ailments, you can pray, you can do something to serve. Everyone can serve. Amen? Number three, serve willingly and with the right heart. As we understand that serving is our calling, uh, that everyone can serve, we not knowing this, you must serve willingly and with the right heart. Ephesians 5.21 says this, Be willing to serve each other out of respect 
for Christ. Of course, we're, we're having this big campaign this month. If you walked up, you might have saw the flags outside and things on the wall and the tower. And, and of course, we're just, again, this whole month's focusing on serving. And, and you know, you might leave here today and, and, and we, we hope that you get in the game and you want to serve. But, you know, we hope you don't walk out of here and be like, well, I had plans that Saturday, but since Pastor Brandon asked about Saturday, I guess I'm going to serve, you know. We're, we're hoping that that's not the heart. We're hoping that, that you're willing to do it. Listen, those of you that are parents in here, isn't it a blessing when you're at home and you see one of your children do something around the house or do something for their siblings or for you without being asked or told to do it just because they see a need and they want to do it? Doesn't that bless you? Especially when they do it for their siblings, right? Because it's like most of the times they want to do something else to their siblings, but it's not bless them or serve them, right? But, but it, I know for me, having four children, when I see my children doing something for one another, for me, around the house, maybe a chore, even though it's their chore, when they do it not having to be told or doing maybe even their, their siblings' chore just to serve or just to do something to help, I know how much as a dad it blesses me because I know they're doing it willingly. And they're doing it with the right heart. They're doing it just because they see a need and they want to serve. You know, the, the, the Lord is calling us to do the same thing. He says, serve each other willingly. And then it says, out of respect for Christ. Then it goes further. Second Peter 2.13 says this, be willing to serve the people who have authority in this world. And that means everybody again. He says to honor authority, but it also says to serve the authority of this world. And that might be hard. Like, look, I'll honor him and pray for him, but man, to serve him, that's what the Bible says. Because look what it says. Do this for the Lord. Again, we got to ultimately remember we're not doing this. We are doing it for people, but we're doing it because the Lord's called us to do it. It says, hey, do this for the Lord. You must understand that serving is part of your devotion to God, not just your duty. It's part of your devotion, not just your duty. You know, a lot of times, those of us that have been in church a long time, we talk about our morning devotion, right? You, you maybe heard that, hey man, you know, get up and have your morning devotion. Read your Bible, pray, worship. That's your devotion. You're devoting time to God. And that's great. I encourage you, and I always will, until I have my last breath, to get up in the morning and have personal devotion time with God through prayer, Bible study, and worship. But the Bible says this is part of your devotion. You know, when we come to church and you worship or when you serve, that's part of your devotion. I, I got to understand, again, this is, this is part of worship. I'm not singing here, and again, praise the Lord for that. But, but me preaching this morning is part of my worship, but it's part of my devotion to God. It's the way that I devote myself to him. It's a way that, you know, and not just preaching, I'm using this because this is what I'm doing right now, but when I serve my wife or my children, that's devotion to God. Because you know what, I could read my Bible and I can pray every morning of the week. But if I walk around and, and, and holler commands at my wife and my children and people around me and, and do all this kind of stuff, guess what? I think it cancels out that devotion in the morning. What do y'all think? You know, it's part of our devotion. Listen, a couple of, a few weeks ago during the, the, the Galatians series, you remember that one day I talked about the difference between the slave and the son? For those of you guys here, remember that? This is what this goes, it goes right along with that. If you have a slave mentality, you feel like you have to serve. If you have a son mentality, you want to serve. You're going to want to do it as devotion to God. I, I want to serve and do these, these things unto the Lord because I'm a son or a daughter. Remember that we talked about that word son is, is a, a gender neutral. It means being part of the family, being adopted in. So it's the difference between, so even as I'm speaking right now, we talk about serve day and Scusabai giveaway. Are you thinking, man, I want to do this or I have to do this? 
Take a little inventory this morning. Do I want to do this? Man, I'm, I'm really, I'm looking forward to, to serve that. I had a, somebody ask me earlier, hey, is it too late to sign up? That tells me she wants to serve. She's making sure that, and, and by the way, it's not too late. There's plenty of places you can serve. Go on our website, go on the iPad uh, outside. There's plenty of places where you can serve. And so what's the, what's the heart behind it? 1 Corinthians 16, 16. To submit to them and others like them, listen to this, who serve with such devotion. Submit to them and others like them who serve with such devotion. Let me say it this way, church. God wants your heart, not just your hands. God wants your heart, not just your hands. Yes, we want you to come out and we want you to, to join a serve team. That, that, by the way, that you serve, we ask you to serve only once a month when whatever serve team, whether it's the worship team or it's, it's intercessory prayer ushers, lobby hosts, whatever it may be. We want you to do that. But we, but, but you know, like, like the Lord, we want your heart too, right? We want your heart. We want you, we want you to do it and understand that this is part of your devotion to God each and every day. And listen, let, let me, before I forget, I'm not, this is not just about, I hope you know what I'm talking about called to serve. It's not just about at church and it's not just during the month of July, right? We should have this attitude every day. How can you serve when you go to work tomorrow? How can you serve your employees? How can you serve your employer? How can you do, well, I get paid. What you mean in serving? Well, you can still have an attitude and a heart to serve him, right? You can serve your, your, your spouse, your wife or your husband. And this may be hard for somebody. You know, you can serve your children. Now, I'm not saying that you, that don't mean you, your children can't have chores. That's not what I'm saying. But you can still serve your children. It's a heart. It's a willingness to say, hey, you know what? I'm willing to serve those around me. It's an attitude to say, this is what the Lord has called me to do. He wants your heart, not just your hands. Listen again, Matthew 23, 11. The greatest among you, Jesus said this, the greatest among you will be the one who always serves others from the heart. So what's the key to greatness? It's serving. It's serving from your heart. It's serving willingly with the right heart. That's what, what the greatest among you. Do you want to be great? If you desire, if you've, if you thought about it, if maybe you've read motivational books or listen to motivational speakers and like, man, I want to be great. I want to be great like this man of God, this woman of God. I want to be great like David. I want to be great like, you know, whoever named your favorite Bible character. And I want to be great. Jesus said the key to greatness is serving and serving willingly and with the right heart. Amen? The fourth and final thing about serving is that we must serve with the purpose of glorifying God and furthering his kingdom on earth. I know that's a long point, but I need to get it all in there. Serve with the purpose of glorifying God and furthering his kingdom on earth. Once you understand that we're all called to serve, once you understand that everyone can serve, once you understand that if you make the choice to serve, you're doing it willingly and with the right heart, then you got to say, okay, we're serving. Of course, we want to bless people, want to love people. But ultimately, you got to see the end goal in mind. Now, watch this. Matthew 6, um, 5, I'm sorry. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says this. You are the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. And here's the key. A lot of us are familiar with this scripture, but this is what we want to hone in on. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Wouldn't you say any form of service is good deeds? 
right? If you're serving somebody, isn't that a, wouldn't you consider that a good deed? So he's saying, listen, we need to serve. We need to do these things. But when we serve, we want to make sure that what we're serving to do, it has the motivation and people are clear that we're serving in Jesus' name. We're serving because we have the love of Christ in us and that it glorifies God in everything that we do. When we serve others out of devotion and a desire to bring others into the kingdom of God, again, it glorifies God. Now, let me say this. I'm going to try to tread lightly here, but there's a lot of organizations that do a lot of good things. And that's great. That's awesome. They do a lot of good things. They feed people. They dig wells around the world where there's not clean water and and everything. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with with teaming up with uh, um, uh, organizations like that or people like that. But this is the heart. Listen, guys. I thought about this as we were worshiping, and I'm going to use the scripture to, to, to kind of correlate it. Paul said this. He said, physical exercise is good, but training for godliness is even better because it benefits this life and the life to come. That's what he says about our physical bodies. So that's a biblical principle. The same can be said. Serving people just to serve them and give them food and stuff, it is a good thing. But if we serve with the motivation and the mindset of the kingdom involved, it won't only benefit them in this life, but the life to come. Because hopefully, at the end of the day, they they come to know Christ. Because listen, I'm going to just be blunt. I've heard another pastor say this as well. It doesn't do us any good if we feed people's bellies, but when they die, they go to hell. Do you understand me? I know that might sound harsh, but that's the truth. We can bless somebody and feed them and serve them here. But you know what? Whenever their life ends here, if they die and perish and spend eternity separated from God, what good has that ultimately done them? Uh, what good has that done for them? Right? So listen, we, we need to make sure that our motivation is, yes, out of purity. We want to serve. Listen, and with nothing in return. Let me say that as well. Before I get into some more details about our month, it, it's not... It's not doing it with expecting something in return, but hoping that this person comes to know Christ if they do, right? So you, I don't want I don't want you to think, well, man, I'm gonna go serve this person and, and they serve man. They, I hope that they better show up at church Sunday. Well, listen, my heart and desire is that they show up too. But what if they never darken the doors of this church? We still want to serve them, right? But we also pray that what we're doing is gonna sow some kind of seeds. It's gonna share love. Maybe we have the opportunity. I'm going to share that in a minute to pray for them. So listen, that's the heart behind it. This is why we serve with a purpose as the motivation every time. Everything we do as a church, the motivation and the the thought behind them is eternity, church. That's why Paul said to focus on the realities of heaven. When you focus on the realities of heaven, it reminds you that this life is just temporal. That this life is short. So for serve day, for everything we do, if we focus. So let me just go through the things we're doing this month and give you some examples. Next week when we go to Cuba, we're going to be serving the people in Cuba and doing a bunch of different things. But ultimately, every night we're going to be inviting a group of people. We're going to go through the streets and door to door and be knocking on doors and offering to pray for people. But we're going to be inviting them to come to these big events at churches or these events all throughout the week at these churches where they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to hear us, even as some, as the young people are coming, they're going to share their testimony. And ultimately, we hope that if they don't already know Christ, they get born again, and then we're in connection with local pastors where they can get connected to the local church right there in Cuba. Amen? 
That's the motivation for us going down to Cuba to serve the people. As we go serve the first responders, as, you know, Officer Orlando's here, and it's, it's the same thing. Yes, we want, first and foremost, we want to honor them like it says. We want to honor them and serve them. But, you know, if there's, if there's some of our first responders, like, you know, Orlando, he's a member of our church. He's, he considers this his church home. And, and, you know, there might be people that don't know the Lord in our first responders, maybe in our city council. And we want, we're going to pray for them. We're going to go serve them food, but I'm going to thank them and tell them, and we're going to pray over them and plant a seed. And you know what? And it, and maybe they don't know the Lord. Maybe they need prayer. Maybe they need to get connected to a local church. And so, yes, we want to honor and serve all of our first responders. But ultimately, if they don't know the Lord, we want them to come to know Christ. Amen? Because everybody, listen, everybody is precious. Every soul is precious to the Lord. And let me stop and say that, too. We're called, not only is everyone called to serve, we're called to serve everyone. So you can also see if there's anything Going on in your heart, that's not right. If you don't want to serve a certain person, or let me even say it this way, if you don't want to serve a certain people group, there's something wrong in your heart. You should be willing to serve anyone, no matter what they, where they come from, what their status is, what their cultural background is. We must be willing to serve each and every person that we come across. Amen? On serve day, again, we'll get that day. We'll get plenty of opportunities to pray with people, to love on people. Some people are going to go to nursing homes. Some people are going to go to children's hospital. Some of us will be cutting grass and whatnot. And even if it's just loving on people and offering to pray for them, you know, people walking around, picking up trash, doing all kind of different things, going to Faith House and, and cleaning that place up, doing all kind of great stuff. You know what? We're going to get a chance to pray over them and tell them how much Jesus loves them. And yes, we will be wearing our family life shirts. We got a new shirt coming out for serve day and we'll be able to wear our shirts because why? If these people aren't connected to a church, we hope that they do come here. Why do we hope that they come to church? Because we hope when they come, they experience God's presence and receive God's word. Amen. Are y'all tracking with me? Everything we do is strategic. We're thinking about furthering God's kingdom here on earth. And the same thing with school supply garage. Yes, we want to help people out, people that need help with school supplies. But listen, if you've noticed in the years past, and maybe you've, you've, you've just um, come into church here or just visiting, the way that we do it is, is that we have them come uh, and, and, you know, fill out paperwork and all that stuff, but they come and sit through a service first, and then they get their school supplies. Why do we ask them to sit through a, a service first? We're not asking them to jump through hoops. No, we want them in the service first, so we make sure that they hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Of hope, because again, we want to bless their families. We want to help their children with school supplies. But we do that in everything. Our men's wild game cookout is right around the corner in September. We do the same thing. Man, we got stage full of prizes, all kind of outdoor stuff, sports paraphernalia, and we give away a bunch of prizes. But the last three prizes we give away, we wait till after the guest speaker. And we do that strategically, right? And we want these men, as many men as possible, to stay in here. And then after that, we want them to hear the gospel message. We tell them about men's things going on, and then we give it away. This is what we do strategically because we understand that, yes, we want to serve and bless people, but we want to further, we want to glorify God, right? So when people say, man, y'all church is doing great. I've seen that y'all did a lot of stuff, man. Y'all helped a lot of people and us and that. You know what? We want to reflect that glory to God. We're doing this because God has called us to do this. We're doing this because we love the Lord. We're doing this. We want to glorify God with it. Somebody thanks you and pats you on the back. Say, hey, man, I'm just doing what the Lord has asked me to do, has called me to do. I'm doing this in Jesus' name. I'm doing this. Because I love you and Jesus loves you. Are y'all tracking with me? You know, I was reading, a lot of y'all may know who John Maxwell is. I was finishing up a book by John Maxwell the other day. And uh, when John Maxwell was 51 years old, I think he's in his 70s now. So this was about 20 years ago. 
he had a heart attack and he almost died. And as he was laying in the hospital bed, he said he was looking around, he had loved ones surrounding him and, and, and doctors around him. He was asking one doctor, hey, am, am I dying? He said, not yet, but if we don't get you in soon, you will die. He said he didn't have any fear or any regrets. He didn't have any fear of death because of his faith in Christ. And he didn't have any regrets because he felt like he had lived his life to the fullest up until that point. Now, he thought he was too young to die and he still had a lot more to do. And he, if y'all don't know who John Maxwell is, he pastored a few churches. Now he trains leaders and preaches the gospel all over the world. And he said this, when he came out of that, he's still alive today. They pulled him out of it. And when he came out of that, he said this, I quote, coming out of that experience, here's what I don't know and here's what I do know. I don't know when I will die, but I do know that discovering and fulfilling my purpose has allowed me to live my life without regrets. Isn't that amazing? 51 years old, he was knocking at death's door, and he said, one, he had an experience. He was at such peace because he said, man, my faith, nobody could shake my faith. He said, because I was at total peace that I was going to go be with the Lord. And he said, even though I wanted to live longer, I didn't have any regrets because he found out what his purpose was. And it's for him, he always talks about it's adding value in people's life through training leaders, through pastoring, and then again through preaching the gospel. But you know what? If we find our purpose and use it to serve others, we can live a life without regrets as well. So let me ask you that question. If you were knocking on death's door tonight, would you have any regrets right now? Could you say, Brandon, I live my life to the fullest? I believe that I did everything that I can do according to what God has designed and called me to do. Could you say that? Honestly, I don't know if I can. I believe I'm, I'm in the vein of what God's created and called me to do, but I don't know. I don't know if I can, I can fully sitting there knowing with doctors around you that you would do that. If you can't say that today, I want to challenge you today to find out what your purpose is. And to get in the game of, 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 and it's not a game, but you know what I'm saying, to get in the, the, the flow of serving with all your heart. Remember earlier I said that Jesus gave us an example of serving by washing his disciples' feet? Let's look at that passage as we close this morning. John 13, verses 12 through 17 says this. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord and you're right. Because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. You remember this is an example of serving. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And, and, and I love it because it's in the context of serving. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. You see that? This was in the context of serving. He just washed his disciples' feet. He said, hey, I'm giving you an example. You should serve others. He's the, he's the Messiah, y'all. He's the Son of God. He got down on his knees, took off his robe, and washed the disciples' feet. And you got to understand, this is not washing some feet that just came out the shower, right? They walked everywhere with sandals on. That's just a little side note. I might, you, know, you might not want to go there. It might gross you out. But this is an act of humility. He, he bent down and said, listen... I'm serving you in this way. You do the same thing. So as I wrap up this message and and as I I share the key to greatness, I hope you receive this today. But the Bible says that the blessing doesn't come. Put that verse back up there, Doug. Look at that. The blessing doesn't come in knowing this, right? Do you see that? The blessing doesn't come in anything we know about the Bible. Where does the blessing come in? Doing it. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. And again, 
this context was specifically when it comes to serving. When it comes to serving, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be earth-shattering. It just needs to be for others. Guys, you can do the littlest things if your focus on others can make a huge impact, right? It can be some, some of the smallest things. I love it again, and I just, I didn't plan on this again, but I, I love when I see my, my girls will do this sometimes. It's the most precious thing. We'll go through a drive-thru sometimes, and we'll, when we pull up to the window, she'll come out and, you know, exchange money. When they go back, um, my girls will say, Mom, can you tell that lady she's beautiful? And we'll say, why don't you tell her, baby? Or, or Cassie will tell her. And you can see the look on sometimes these ladies' faces. That'll work. And when this little girl looks at him and says, hey, ma'am, I just want to tell you you're beautiful. And they're like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Just that one little compliment, I can tell, blesses the socks off of those people. Because you never know what kind of day they're having, right? But it's a heart of serving just to say, hey, listen, I, I want to just tell you, you know. And, and, and so it can be something you say. It can be something that you do. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And let us consider thoroughly how we can encourage one another to love and do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more faithfully as we see the day of Christ's return approaching. So today, this is what we're doing. This month, we're encouraging you to love and to serve others. It also says that, you know, staying connected to the church is even more important to do this nowadays because the Lord's return is approaching. How many of y'all know that? So he says, hey, love one another. I'm, I'm sitting here, Pastor Todd, the staff, Pastor Dixie's been working hard on serve day. And we're, we're trying to encourage and facilitate an environment for you to serve, as the Bible says. We also want to encourage you to stay connected to the church. Get involved in life groups. You know, continue to do that. Why? Because the day of the Lord is approaching. The Lord will be returning, church. And it could be sooner than later. So let me ask you this question. If he returns tomorrow, are you ready? If Jesus returns, or today, Brother Francis said, or today, it might be before lunch. It might be before I close out this sermon. Are you ready? Are you ready? Now, this is absolutely the last scripture I'm going to read. I'm going to end where we started. Matthew 20, 28, and this is in the Amplified, says this. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, watch this. Paying the price to set them free from the penalty of sin. Jesus came to serve himself, to serve, he came to serve, not himself. He came to serve other people. And, and the greatest thing that he came to serve is, is us by laying down his life and paying the penalty to our sin. Do me a favor. While you're sitting right there, go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes with me. If you don't mind, nobody looking around, just sitting right there, just, just quietly between you and the Lord. If Jesus returned tomorrow or today, would you be ready? Are you right with the Lord? Do you, do you know that you're in a right relationship with the Lord? Listen, the Bible says we've all sinned. Why did he have to pay the price for our sin? Because Romans tells us that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. And that the wages of sin or the payment for sin is death. What we owed because of our sin was supposed to be death. And that word doesn't mean only physical death, but eternity separated from God. But Jesus came to serve, and he laid down his life, paying the price for that sin. So we've all sinned. We know that. 
So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, if, if Jesus came back today, let's say today, tonight, before the sun went down tonight, would you be ready to meet him? Would you know where you would spend your eternity? Can you say, man, I, I, I know that I'm right with God. If not, you say, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'm right with God. I know that I have sin in my life, and I don't know if I've ever asked Jesus to forgive me of my sin or accept it, the ransom for that sin. He offers it to you. The Bible says if you re- repent and believe and turn to Jesus, he would forgive you of your sin, and you would be born again, and you would be right with him. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God, if Jesus returns, if I'm ready, or if if I breathe my last today, if I'm ready. If that's you and you want to make sure you're ready, I want you to just slip up your hand. Let me see your hand, and I want to pray for you. I see your hand back here, sir. Anybody else? I see your hand, ma'am. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, hands going up right here, ma'am. I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Thank you all for being bold. Hands going up. Thank you, Father. Anybody else? Come on. Jesus came to serve, to love. I see your hand, sir. Hands still going up right now. In the back, I see hands going up. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Come on. We're not going to, this is not a time we want to rush through. You have time. Just slip up your hands. Say, Brandon, could you pray with me? This is the most important. Look, a child raising her hand. She's saying, I, I want to make sure I'm right. Another hand going up. Hands still going up right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Right here in the front. More hands going up in the back. I see you, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, the Lord loves you so much. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved you. Every one of you with your hands up. God so loved you that he sent his son to die for you. That if you believe in him, and I know that's what you're doing this morning, you will not perish but have everlasting life. So I'm going to leave you in a simple prayer of repentance and accepting God's free gift of salvation. Because that's what we read in the first verse. He said he came to to pay for our ransom and our salvation. So we're all going to pray together. If you have your hands up and you believe in your heart that Jesus died for you, just pray this prayer with me. We're going to pray as a family together. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming to serve. Thank you for laying down your life. I received the free gift of salvation today. In Jesus' name. I repent of my sin and ask that you would forgive me of my sin. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to turn away from sin and to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Why don't we give these a round of applause. God bless you, congratulations. God bless you. Hey, listen, if you raise your hand for the first time, or maybe you haven't done that in a while, there's a card in the pew in front of you that says, I made a decision. Fill out that card. Bring it to the info center in the lobby to the left. We have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we want to encourage you. We want to get you connected to next steps, to life groups, help you on your journey. Hey, why don't you go ahead and stand up and let me pray for you on your way out. Hey, listen, we're called to serve, guys. Everybody can serve, right? We need to serve with a willing heart. If you're signing up, we encourage you. Go sign up for serve day. But hey, come out and serve with a willing heart and, 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 and the right heart. And let's do everything, not just in serve day, not just in the church. We want you on a serve team. We want you to get connected because this is your calling. Listen, we want to help you fulfill your destiny. But every day, come on, let's pray and ask the Lord as I pray to, and to close out how we can serve others around us in our homes, in our schools, in our workplace, in the church and everywhere. Amen. Come on, why don't you lift your hands up if you have the freedom and let me pray over you. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you came to serve us. You gave us the example by washing the disciples' feet, by laying down your life and multiple other things you did, Lord. 
Lord God, in the three years that were recorded in the Bible. Lord, give us that heart to serve. Lord, we know we're called to serve. This is our destiny, Lord. We know that everyone, Lord God, hearing the sound of my voice can serve in some capacity. Help us to do it with a willing heart, a right heart. And Lord, we want to see your kingdom furthered on earth as it is in heaven. I pray your blessing, grace, and your anointing to be poured out upon these as they go today. In Jesus' wonderful and powerful name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be down here to pray with you. If not, have a great day.